Hey, welcome to the Sex, Self, and Relationships Podcast. I'm your host, Fatima, but you can call me Tima. This is a lifestyle podcast focused on sex, self, and relationships. This podcast will provide sex education, focusing especially on female pleasure. We will discuss self-development and how we can become the best versions of ourselves, all while exploring our relationships and how we can show up as our best for all of them. Welcome. Hello everyone, today's episode is on how to get over post-sex blues. So what's post-sex blues? Post-sex blues is a feeling of sadness, agitation, or depression following participation in mutually consensual sexual intercourse. Ever felt a wave of sadness after what seems like a great sexual experience? In the moment, everything felt amazing, but when you're left alone with your thoughts, you can't help but feel sadness and regret. Well, don't worry, you're not alone. The scientific term for this is postcoital dysphoria, also known as PCD. Research has found that 46% of females have experienced PCD at least once. And then 41% of men have experienced it at least once in their lifetime as well. Honestly, I was really shocked by those studies because I understand that this is something that's really common for females, but I didn't realize it was so common for men as well. Science hasn't confirmed why this happens to some people, but today I'd like to give you a few tips to help you manage your PCD. The first and most important advice that I can give you to manage your PCD is define your sexual values. This is so critical because I feel like we all have ideas here and there of what we like and what we expect from sex, but a lot of times we haven't really sat with ourselves to really define them clearly and to really figure out what our deal breakers are. Your sexual values is your personal price of admission for sexual intercourse. It's basically saying, this is what I require in order for you to play on this ride. Okay. Your values should include your desires, sexual boundaries, and anything that supports your sexual safety. So whether these values are from religious cultural or personal values, it doesn't matter. Just make sure you know what it is and what matters to you. Sex values look different for everyone and you're allowed to change your values with time. Just because you might have stated that A and B is your values and next year you grow a little older, you learn a little more and you decide you actually have C is also a sexual value. You're allowed to update them as often as you like, but you have to communicate, but we're going to get there. Some examples for sexual values can look like, I want to be held for a few minutes after sex, or I want to go on at least three dates before having sex with someone. Or if my gut says no, it's a no. And when I say gut, I mean your intuition. We all know it, right? There's just certain times when you may be attracted to someone, but for some reason, you're just getting bad vibes. You don't, you don't know why, you can't explain it, but you're just getting bad vibes. In those cases, that's a sexual value. So now you know for yourself that if you ever meet someone where you're getting bad vibes, it's a no. You can't have sex with them. Another one is oral sex is a necessity during sex. That's a sexual value. Like you don't want to participate unless the person is willing and able to give you oral sex. Or another value that's common for religious folks is no sex before marriage. Those are values that you need to define clearly to yourself. Not just here and there saying it, but actually 
sit down with yourself and define them clearly and acknowledge whether or not they're values that you can keep. Whatever your values are, make sure you are fully aware of them before participating in any sexual activity. The second tip for you today is discipline. This is perfect to go right after values because it's one thing for you to determine what your values are and be aware of them. It's a whole nother ballgame to actually enforce it. The most important relationship you're ever going to have in this lifetime is the one you have with yourself. So every time you are enforcing your sexual values, you are sending a message of self-trust and self-respect to yourself. Being disciplined isn't something that some people are just inherently good at. Because I know oftentimes people are just like, I don't know, it's just so hard, I can't do it. The more disciplined you are, the easier it is to be disciplined. So the more you practice the skill of being disciplined and being true to self, the easier it's going to be for you to be true to yourself in any occasion, especially a sexual one. The third tip is don't get caught slipping. Don't get caught slipping, sis. <laughs> Do not get caught slipping. And I know y'all know what I mean, right? Oftentimes, we want to wait until when we're in the heat of the moment to start thinking about whether or not someone aligns with our values. It's too late, okay? Do not wait until then, okay? Immediately upon meeting someone that you are attracted to, you should also be cross-referencing your values with them. You should be thinking about that. You know why? I'm not saying that you should be thinking about if they align with your sexual values because you want to have sex with them right at that moment or because you're planning to have sex with them later. You're just doing it just to have that information for whenever it pops up so you don't get caught slipping. So when you meet someone and you are attracted to them, run through your sexual values and see if they align with their values. I say this because when we wait until sex is already initiated, it's a little more difficult to start making rational decisions because we're not thinking with our rational brain. We're thinking with our sexual brain, if you know what I mean. At that moment, we want the answers to, do they meet our values? To be yes. Okay. It's really hard to think thoroughly when you're in that space of arousal. So it's always best to just cross-reference them immediately upon meeting them. So when you need it, you can go back to that information and say, okay, wait, wait, wait a minute. We already, we already double-checked on you and you passed. Or you can say, we already double-checked on you and you failed. So unfortunately, I'm going to step back. And that's a great thing about doing it early because let's say you meet them day one and you've already done the check of whether or not they align with your values. And the answer is no, they don't. Maybe, you, you know, the more you've talked to them, they've let you know that they're not into cuddling after sex or they're not into waiting until marriage or they're not into whatever it is your values are. You're not going to invest anything or put yourself in a position where sex can happen because you've already deemed this person not aligned with your values. Now it's easier for you to not put yourself in an uncomfortable situation because you know this person isn't. It's not going to work. You already know that. So now that you know that, you can act accordingly. When you analyze early and you find the person doesn't align with your sexual values, it's also easier to avoid getting yourself into any sexual situation in the future because you're two steps ahead. You're like, nah. Nah, I'm not about to tempt myself because sometimes just because someone doesn't align with your sexual value doesn't mean you don't want to have sex with them. 
It doesn't mean that. And I probably should have started with that. Sometimes just because someone doesn't align with your sexual values does not mean they do not still turn you on. So when you're able to come to terms with the fact that they don't align early, you start working on how to control your sexual urges earlier. So that way you don't get caught slipping and you don't end up doing something you don't want to do. Number four is communicate. I say this all the time, but our main job in this universe is to be our own advocate. You are responsible for effectively communicating your values with all sexual partners, especially your expectations. If you know that you expect cuddles at the end of sex, if you know that you expect someone to perform oral sex on you during sex, you want to get that out there and say it clearly to them before sex. So that way you're not waiting until end of sex to be disappointed or to tell them why didn't they do that or why didn't they do this? Because you didn't clearly state that. Everybody have different expectations. Everybody have different point of view of the world. Just because something is a norm to you doesn't mean it's a norm to someone else. And also being clear and communicating your expectations during sex, it makes it easier to not be disappointed because if you tell someone what you require, if you tell them what your price of admission is and they're like, eh, not really trying to do that, you can easily say, well, great, thanks for letting me know and not participate. But if you don't tell them, but you still have those expectations and then they don't do it, guess who's tight? You. And we don't want that. So let them know what your expectations are. And if they can't meet that, you can always drop it and find someone who will. Last but not least is practice aftercare. This is so critical and it's something that's highly popular in the kink community. But aftercare is basically physical, emotional, or mental ways you and your partners can check in and support each other after sex. So this can look like just having a conversation after sex, like how was that for you? And giving each other positive reinforcements and just acknowledging what worked and what didn't work and just talking each other through the intimate experience you just shared. During sex, our adrenaline and cortisol level increases then crashes after sex. The sudden drop has been speculated to be a possible cause of PCD. So when participating in aftercare, it acts as a healthy transition from those high levels to the normal hormone levels we have on a regular basis, right? When you agree to practice an aftercare with your partner, this almost gives as a, a nice way for you guys to level off together, a nice way to consider each other's emotions and feelings and space after sex. So it's not like we just experienced this great level of intimacy and then after sex, we're completely done with each other. This acts as a way to keep intimacy even after sex while slowly easing into the decrease of hormone levels that you're experiencing now after sex. And that's it for today's episode. If you have any more tips that helps with post-sex blues, definitely reach out to your girl and let me know so I can share with our community. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Bye. Please like, share, and most importantly, leave reviews to help the podcast grow. For more information on the resources used in this episode, please refer to the links in the bio. Thank you.